going on, everybody? Welcome back to I Came With Fire podcast. Tonight, you can see it's just me, no Zach. Uh, Zach is currently doing other things, uh, couldn't get away, and um, you know, the uh, Uncle Sam's got him by the collar, so he's he's doing some other stuff right now, which we can both, you know, uh, relate to anyway. So, but we're here tonight with Peaches from One's Ready podcast. I'm sure I know a lot of people that listen to us have listened to One's Ready, so you guys know who Peaches is already, and we've had on Trent and Aaron before as well. So now we have the entire set. <laughs> So, we got the short one with you. That's right. I almost said that. I was like, we got the shortest in the group. But you know. I got called. I got called a leprechaun not ten minutes ago by my wife. So dang, that's the way. That's the way we roll in this house. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Good yeah. Feeling. Uh, right. Like I, like I said earlier, we, we were at a cross country event for my daughter, and uh, mm-hmm. and the the course at that one section where there was a turn wasn't marked very well, and so. I found myself directing traffic and she's like, what are you, what were you, the the little leprechaun in the woods going, hey, yeah, go that way. <laughs> you do a pretty good impression. Kind of had that look. I think yeah, it's pretty exactly. good. Definitely. Just need Man, the hat my, and the uh, stockings. There you go. Now you know what you can do next, next St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. You can go for it. If you haven't ever done that already. But yeah, nah, no, my wife. Don't below all day long. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen the, I've seen the pictures actually. And it's pretty good. My <laughs> wife's family is all like super tall. They're like six, eight and she's like five, five, six. So it's like, she, I don't know what the hell happened. She got the leftovers or something. I don't know. Your Everybody dad's pretty is, tall. My dad is pretty tall. I was giving shit. I was like, you know, you shrunk in your, your old age a little bit, but you still got me by quite a few inches. Yeah. I was joking. My little brother is taller than me and is as close in height as my dad. So I, yeah. again, I got the shorter in the state. Yeah, so my, we can lo- be short my little together. brother, my little brother's uh, taller than me too. Right. I would say little, little brother. Yeah. So <laughs> why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for maybe people who are listening who haven't uh, you know listened to Ones Ready or know who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so go by Peaches. Um, and then, so I've been in the Air Force for 24 years now, something like that. Um, so still, still in. So, uh, you know, the obligatory, anything I say is not the opinions yeah. of the Air Force or the DOD and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, yeah. So been a combat controller for 24 years, you know, plus or minus a little bit in the pipeline, whatever you want to count that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had assignments in, you know, North Carolina, Herbert Field, Florida, um, spent eight years overseas, which is where I, you know, worked with your dad, right. um, got time out at Nellis, actually currently at Nellis. Um, and that's kind of it. And then back in 2019, started the Ones Ready podcast with three other dudes mm-hmm. and then kind of been enjoying that podcast game, you know, but you other guys have than that, awesome I mean, podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, we enjoy yeah, it. It's it's um we've talked about it before, but it it is very much a a therapeutic uh kind of thing Uh-oh. for us. Not that that's not why we do it, but yeah. after we talk or or you can tell if we haven't recorded in a while, it's like, all right, I need to I need to get on a chat with you guys. Getting out, the volcano needs to erupt. Yeah, I yeah, for that. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> So you're you're not the first combat controller we've had on here, but I, okay. I'll ask you this kind of the same question I asked a couple of others. Why CCT and why the Air Force? Why'd you go that route? Well, um, so, oh boy. Okay. So first, why the Air Force? Um, okay. And it was originally pararescue. It wasn't CCT mm. because I didn't know about CCT at the time. Uh, the okay. recruiter I had was, was a great recruiter, but that was the the trifold pamphlet time. That was the, 
hey, here's a TV with a VCR on the cart with the, the strap going down and, you know, let's wheel it out. Yeah. And it was, was all PJ. So he didn't know about CCT. Um, mm. And PJ was the quickest way because I'm an adrenaline junkie and I wanted to, you know, ride dirt bikes, skydive, dive, you know, shoot, uh, all that kind of stuff. And medicine at the time I was working at a veterinary clinic. So I was mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of surgeries and stuff like that as a high school student. And I was like, okay, this medical thing's kind of, I mean, it's okay. It's not Seems like a natural not, fit kind of. Yeah. It's not my real jam, but like, okay, well, I'll do whatever. It. I don't, as in, I'm not squeamish around blood or guts right. and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, okay, cool. Um, I went to the Navy just to talk with them. They said, and at the time that was, you still had to go do a different, um, what do they call it? A different career field or a different service, you know, cause they have, mm-hmm. you know, gunner's made and then they have all those uh, different classes. And I, I forget the name. Different and, rates. And, yeah. Different rates. My, my buddy Mo, he's a, he's a submariner. He's going to kill me because I shouldn't know <laughs> these, but um, I don't. And then the, but I had, so I wouldn't have been able to go right into it. And then, um, army, they were like, Hey, Rangers, I can get you to airborne. I was like, okay, but can you get me to all these other things? And how long before, you know, and it was still, I needed to do something else. So, uh, I opted for the air force PJ when I was 17. So I left parents signed me out and and I pressed, um, then I got to NDOC at the time and I'm surrounded by cadre that are PJs and CCT, which I had no idea about. I, ha- I was, I had, you know, teammates that were CCT candidates. And, and mm-hmm. again, they don't know what they're going for. They're like, yeah, I'm just going in a pipeline to do CCT. Couldn't right. possibly tell you what it was. So, um, during one of the hell weeks, actually, I'm pretty sure it was during one of the hell weeks. Cause that's kind of foggy during those times, but they, they actually had a, a CCT come in and he had brought all his kit, all the radios, all the airfield lighting and said, this is what CCTs do. And then they, they kind of said, Hey, anybody in here, did you know about CCT before you even came to NDOC? And, and most of, you know, the CCT candidates said, yeah, but didn't really know. And then there was a mm-hmm. lot of us that were PJ candidates that, cause it was very lopsided, which is why they even asked the question. Gotcha. And so they said, Hey, this is a one-time deal. If you want to swap over to CCT, you can. So there was a handful of us that raised our hands and said, yeah, we want to go do that. So they just did an MO, uh, AFSC change and then went on our way. That's um, awesome. But then I ended up doing like three in-dock teams, not making that, uh, went to air traffic control school. Because in the past, if you didn't make that, you'd go to air traffic control school and then mm. come back. Well, the whole pipeline changed while I was at ATC and then showed back up to Lackland and then the rest is history from there. But. Dang. Yeah, <laughs> the, the roundabout way. It's very, very roundabout way, but it was a f- fantastic decision. Every, you know, and I, I know, um, man, the DOD is under a lot of fire right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, rightfully so. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I say it often on the podcast, on our podcast, that mm-hmm. you should be critical of leadership because Definitely. you, you got to be able to hold me accountable. Yeah, and and I'm a like full disclosure. I'm a I'm a they now, right? Or right. I'm considered a they. You're one of them. Yeah, exactly for sure. You know, and it, and I should be held accountable for anybody that I am is under my span of care, 
right? Mm -hmm. They should be critical of me. They should be able to debrief me and they should be, hey, you mess this up now. Mm -hmm. and, and I should be able to do it on up, you know, to my superiors. But Definitely. at the same time, there also has to be a, a point of like, okay, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, you jack this up, you could have done this, you could have done this. Sure. Maybe, maybe I didn't have that information at the time that I made that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I did to which acknowledge, maybe I, I made a decision with 80% of the information that I had and I pressed mm -hmm. with it in hindsight, maybe not in the best decision. I think if we think that everybody's going to make the hundred percent correct decision every single time, that is, mm -hmm. that is an unrealistic expectation. Absolutely. Now with that said, when you mess up, you oh. got to say, you got to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. You have got to acknowledge it. And I think that's something that um, military leadership is lacking these days. I, Man, I went right in, dude. My oh, bad. Hey, get that volcano going. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can relate to that so much, uh, the piece you're talking about with hindsight, because there's that, there's that old adage that a good plan now is better than a perfect plan later. It's yep. kind of like what you're talking about. You made a decision with 80% of the information, but I'm security forces. So everything I do on scene or whatever is immediately judged with the 2020 hindsight vision, right? Mm -hmm. So again, could I have done this differently? I knew better, whatever. Yes, absolutely own it. Making decision in real time when someone's trying to, to hurt you or someone's life is at stake or whatever, you're going to act the best way you know how, fall back to your training and you just go. You don't have time to make decisions that are long thought out, you mm -hmm. know, and, um, I, the the other piece about military leadership, especially security forces, which you know is, I'm sure is a lot different than CCT leadership, but um, there's that piece too because there's there's a a theme in security forces where you know you you have to be perfect or like we have to be the standard in the Air Force because we you know hold everybody else accountable. But I feel like in a lot of ways that only applies up to a certain point, and that might stop at the E6 level, you know, for in my opinion, um, but. but uh, with you know, without going too much into that, I, I I definitely agree, and unfortunately, I think that's just a symptom of other problems at large in our country, anyway. So, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's um, it should not be one rule for me because mm -hmm. I'm whatever rank I am, right? For for an E four, E three, mm -hmm. you know, an O four, rolling into a place, it shouldn't. They should not treat me differently than right. any of those, but they do. Yeah. And, and that's think, why a lot of times when I call somebody, I will not, unless I'm trying to get in somebody's ass sure. like, and, make, and make, make something move, mm -hmm. right? That is right. the only time I will say my rank. Other than that, it's like, dude, I don't want to say my rank. Like, yeah. why? Yep. I want to say, I want to, I want you to treat me like a person, like you should be treating every single person that's calling up. Exactly. And I've seen a lot of people at that level use their rank when they're trying to get something done for an airman or something like that. Yep. They're like, hey, this this troop is suffering. This is going on. I need this handled. And that's the good time to to kind of pull that rank card, they like to say. Um, but other than that, it's I think what you're talking about really is having a sense of humility. And mm -hmm. that is something that not a lot of people can can say they have. Um, you know, I know a lot of people that do, but it's it's definitely a lost art, I'll say, because there's definitely a lot of a dead in there. Well, a lot of people think that self-deprecation is humility, and it's not. Sure. It's you can you can be good at something, acknowledge mm -hmm. I'm good at this, sure, um, and teach people and 
okay, yeah, I am good at it, but, mm-hmm. but, but let's, let's not talk about that. Let's it's, mm-hmm. it's being good at something, but talking, not talking about it. Right. Like just accepting it and going, okay, yeah, like I'm, quite, good, I'm good at this. Professional. Now. Yeah. And let me bring people up with me. Like mm-hmm. you got two hands, one to yep. pull yourself up and the other, and the other to pull the others up behind you. You know, I like that. Like, it's not mine. I stole it from somebody. I, I, I don't <laughs> I know. Think, I think all of our adages we stole from yeah, everybody else. For sure. Um, you know, so, and, and that's, that's something that, you know, we have talked about on, mm-hmm. on numerous times is, is Definitely. the veteran community can be, it's not always, but it can be very toxic. And that is mm-hmm. from currently serving active duty to active duty. Sure to, to retired against active duty mm-hmm. or, or separated or, you know, active duty against retirees or separate, yeah. you know, like it's just, it can be really bad when it's in reality. Hey, we all have this shared experience. Like, it, yeah, your experience, Brandon differs from mm-hmm. mine, right. Yeah, and and vice versa, but there are some commonalities there and mm-hmm. we should be able to have this kind of mutual respect and mutual, um, supportive nature to, right help people out and i mean got it it's a little different if you're a douchebag yeah sure. like, hey, no all right cool you know but agree, fully agree yeah that's you my know, thoughts at the end on of the day, it. we all it's that whole you know u.s air force on this side of your chest you know mentality that it's over your heart that's what you know, that's mm-hmm. that's your new last name kind of thing is is this kind of why you guys this these feelings kind of why you guys felt like starting once ready was necessary so i actually wanted to do a podcast back in 2017, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. And, and it was, it was kind of about not, not like the, the special warfare specifically that we yeah. hit, you know, on one's ready, but it was more of a, a mentorship kind of thing, but that I'm like, <laughs> kind of like how I think now, why would people listen to me? Why would, why do yep. people listen to Aaron Trent and I, why? <laughs> Like, I, I have no idea. Um, right. I feel the Why same do way. they listen to you guys? Why I do don't. they listen to, you know, but, but then you can pick somebody out, like, right. I can, I can pick you, you two out and the conversations mm-hmm. that you guys have had, um, like your recent guest, he, um, his name's escaping, uh, kind of gray. Uh, oh, Donald Hoffman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Dr. Hoffman. Why would anybody listen to him? You know, but we say that, but then when you actually hear them, you're like, oh, well, of course. Yeah. Why am I listening to Joe Rogan? Why am I listening to Drinking Bros? Why am I listening to, you know, right? maybe it's information, maybe it's entertainment, maybe it's just something to, um, you know, why people listen to music in terms of escaping something or, you know, yeah. just, hey, you enjoy it. You want to learn something. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, why would anybody listen to me? Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm good. And then, you know, Brian kind of brought us together and said, Hey, I want to do this specifically on this. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, well, let's, let's go into it then. And, uh, so yeah, that's, but uh, yeah, I always wanted to, it, as silly as it is, I wanted to go around being the, um, Matt Foley, Chris Farley, uh, <laughs> yeah. motivational speaker, that's you know, right. that guy. Your little jacket. Yeah. Trying to tell these kids they don't want to live in a van down by yeah. the river. Right. But yeah, van life would be pretty sick. Though. It would be now, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've seen some of those vans people put together. I'm like, I could do that. I could dude, live tiny, dude. Me, just go me look and, to like Glacier National Park for a month and just oh, that would man. be amazing. Glacier, yeah. Amazing. Me, me and the wife, we we binge watch some YouTube 
mm-hmm. van lifers and, yeah. and it looks like an amazing time. Have you been up to the Glacier National Park before? I haven't. You got to go. I, I, so I was at Malmstrom before, uh, I, you know, it was my first assignment. And, uh, man, every summer I look forward to going up there. You can't go up there during the winter unless there's like 80 feet of snow up there. That's not even an exaggeration. Yeah, because it closes, right? They it no does. kidding close it. Yep. It like traditionally opens the 4th of July weekend and it is packed. Everywhere you look there, it's like a screensaver, though. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my life. But, yeah, yeah you definitely got to go. If you like that, that's that's a bucket list must-see for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so a hard work, right? I think nobody would, would second-guess a, a combat controller's work ethic. But hard work can mean a lot of things, too. Well, okay. We, I saw the well, face. I mean, we can I, talk I just, about that. I, right? I just say because – you got to understand just like security forces, there's bad apples everywhere, right? That's true. Not everybody, so, the, the pipeline or the assessment and selection does not weed every single person out that shouldn't be there. Fair enough. So let's, so, we, we could talk about both sides of the coin. I was going to mm-hmm. say, what does hard work mean to a combat controller? And then the other side of that coin, you said, what, when you can tell somebody is, is half-assed in something, what does that mean for you guys? Oh, geez. It's a big that's question. A tough, I know. That's a it is. Massive question. Welcome. Um, yeah, I yeah, appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Let, let me get my, my, my power <laughs> fist up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, like, I'm a big believer if, if you tell somebody you're going to do something, you do it. it mm-hmm. Obviously, there are extreme circumstances that, like, oh, you know, ended up in the hospital, car mm-hmm. crash, got sick, like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you tell somebody you're going to do something, you do it. Um, Mm -hmm. you, you don't walk by, you know, um, a trash can that's freaking towering high and just try and balancing a little bit more on there. If you see a water jug that's empty, like you, you refill it Mm -hmm. or not refill it, but you know, you change it out. Mm -hmm. Um, those kind of things, if you, you know, it's, it's cliche, but I always say you see work, do work. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you see something that needs to be done, don't save it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like just knock it out. Assuming you got time, assuming you're not roll, like, you know, going to be late to pick up your daughter from freaking school or something like that, you know? Sure. But like sure. you see something, knock it out now. Don't save it for somebody else or going like, oh, I'm walking by that piece of trash. Hope, hope nobody sees me just walking by this piece of trash. Meanwhile, just, here you are around the corner. Right? Yeah. Just looking. <laughs> yeah chilling in the cut exactly you know yeah so um i i think that kind of thing uh mm-hmm. you know and and that's not hard work that is just that's just being a good teammate being a good dude you know you mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier um kind of uh representing yourself or representing i, I forget in what context you said it but it was something like that you're representing um, something, but you really are. As mm-hmm. soon as we put the uniform on and we are stepping into another, well, not just within our unit, but you know, how about this security forces on the gate, mm-hmm. right? Sure. They are the, usually the first person that somebody is going to see whether, you know, when they're coming in the gate, that might yeah. be another active duty member. That might mm-hmm. be an honorary commander. That might be a civilian, a spouse, um, somebody from the community that's visiting. Definitely. That is their first impression. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, that is, you know, on a 12 hour shift, that is a tough facade to maintain, you know, it is. That, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And they're never going to be perfect. 
you never know what somebody's going through the day before the morning of, are they fighting with their significant other, you know, right. or text or whatever, like everybody's got some shit going on. Um, Everybody. but you got to be able to compartmentalize it the best mm-hmm. you can. And, and I know that compartmentalization is bad, but I'm saying when you're, when you're there checking IDs, using that same example, you got to be like, mm-hmm. right. right. You got to be on point. Um, and not just on point with politeness, but you got to be on point looking for threats, looking for other things mm-hmm. because I mean, we've had it here in Vegas. Yeah. Um, actually it was about a year ago. Somebody ran mm-hmm. the, ran the gate and they ended up lighting them up. Yeah. I remember I mean, that. You never know when that's what happened, especially if you know Nellis, mm-hmm. that Craig road right outside of Nellis. Yeah. That is no joke. Is it? So, so anyway, all that to say you are representing the air force. As soon as you put the uniform on, you go mm-hmm. to lunch at freaking five guys or wherever you're going, you know, you're representing yourself yeah. and then throw on that maroon, that cherry, that blue, that black, that gray, green beret. Mm-hmm. And now you just went, you know, a, a freaking microscope on that person. Absolutely. And you start acting like an asshole at the barbecue joint because they got your order wrong. Get fucked. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. My favorite is the, the, you know, the airman there with his combat tee on and he's got his rank and his name, but then he's also got the basketball shorts on with the J's. It's like, Come on, man. You know, the, let's get out of Chipotle and go put a different shirt on first. You know, well, let's, yeah. okay. Let's talk about that then. What, okay. The uniforms, right? Mm-hmm. I could give a shit about uniforms. Okay. But, but. to your example, that's mm-hmm. like, dude, come on, man. What are, what are we doing here? Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> Is this the only clean shirt? Do I need to ask you if you know how to use the yeah. washing machine in your dorm? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, and, 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 you know, and that's, that's the tough part, right? Is where's mm-hmm. the line? Because right. I can, I can totally see from the point of view of, of those chiefs that are like uniforms, fuck, boom, boom, pointing out from, I mean, chasing people down. Where's your cover? Where's your, you know, yeah, seen it. I get it because that's, you know, the broken window theory and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If my, my theory of thought process is a lot more difficult right? It, it takes more bandwidth. It takes, you know, because what's, what's the line, what's right. What's and it. It's more confusing for me. It's probably more confusing for those around me too. Cause they're like, well, what, where's the line? What am I, what am I, you know? Right. I don't know. It's true. I think that line is becoming a lot more blurred uh, as of, as of late too. And that's something that I know that drives a bunch of old hats wild is the new new standards when it comes to haircuts and uniform wear, especially, you know, women's hair. And, I, and so my wife was active duty and she appreciated the, the ponytail thing, but never did it. And it was like, you know, her just her better sense, I guess, and her, you know, subjectively, her better sense wouldn't let her do it, basically. But but I'll say this, you know, as a flight chief with, you know, airmen female airmen out there on patrol i never ever let any of them wear that ponytail because if i'm somebody trying to do harm to you and i want to manipulate your body the first thing i'm going to grab is that ponytail and you're going wherever i want you to go so i was made it you know not on flight not while you're on duty you know at least where you're working but yeah it's yeah i don't know it's it's become a weird environment i think and it's going to be pretty interesting for some of these uh younger ncos coming up to try and navigate all that i don't really Mm -hmm. envy them yeah, I, I mean they're, you know, the the 
women's ponytail thing is a little bit easier for me to like, I'm like, yeah, man, of course. If right. I can't imagine having to pull your hair back, mm-hmm. put it into a tight bun. I mean, they, as tight as they had it, yeah. I can't like headaches. You would have some serious headaches. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so I, I, and I don't think it looks bad or unprofessional when they've got, you know, the braids and like right on. I don't either. It's I think cool. the braid looks cool. Um, the beard one's tough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, again, I'm, I'm a fan of beards though. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, I think we all should, but, um, you know, we, we can't. So, and with the new reg, you know, where's the line mm-hmm. and I opt to just like, well, I ain't gonna say nothing because I don't know. Right. And I don't want to embarrass that person. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spotlight them or think that I'm, you know, looking at them. I don't mm-hmm. Again, so, and uniforms aren't really my thing, so. Right. There's definitely way more important stuff to worry about yeah. in the day-to-day. Yeah. What, so I, what are the big things for you then? Lethality? I worry about? Sure? Or mm-hmm. the little gotchas? No, no, no. Things that you worry about with, like, your your troops, right? Like, what are the things that you focus and harp on the most that you feel are more important? Um, training and readiness in terms of making sure that we are going to be ready for the next thing, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Right. Um, and I don't, and I don't mean, okay, I almost said something, but I don't mean, um, current, uh, conflicts like Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about other stuff that is actually going to be problematic for us. So I, I worry I about that mean. stuff. I worry about mental health and suicide. Um, okay. Because I that like that is a like serious that. freaking problem right now. It is. I worry about retention and recruitment, and and again, right back, right back to training, um, mm-hmm. training and readiness. Because training and readiness is impacted by retention and recruitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's. I can't offer, except for a promotion. I can't offer more money. Right. Except for the 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 whatever is increased in the base pay for promotions. I can't promise assignments. Mm -hmm. I can try and manipulate assignments. I can try and get you where you want to go. You know, when the air force has done a better job with joint spouse, Mm -hmm. if you have, you know, they've, they've really changed that around a lot too. Yeah. So I'm limited on what I can do. Um, but the thing that I can offer you is service. Mm-hmm. In a in a surrounded by a team or a crew. Now, when I say team, I'm probably specifically talking about you know your your kind of combat combat yeah. airmen or your you know career yeah. fields. But um, I can offer you service and a good time and, and folks that'll look after you, a, mm-hmm. a cohesive team of people that will look out for you. That's what I can mm-hmm. offer you, and I know that. That is rare on the outside and you're serving your country honorably, you know? So yeah. Is it sexy? And would I love to have a much, much larger bank account and I would love to give people a larger bank account to make their lives easier so that they're not worrying about their basic housing allowance and whether or not they can afford to eat or live or, Mm -hmm. or they're living off a Craig road. Right. Absolutely. God, Mm -hmm. I wish I could do that. Um, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And neither can any other leader in the Air Force that tells you that or any other presidential candidate that tells you they can do that. They're full of shit. Exactly. They can't. No. But I can offer you service. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that's, that's the best you can do to be honest with you. You know, um, I like that you said the mental health thing a lot because again, this is another thing, you know, we're not uh, combat airmen by any means, but security force members carry guns mm-hmm. and we, you know, we, we take people's feelings and their thoughts and things going on in their lives really personal because you're always at risk, you know, and it's not just, you know, the, the gun on your hip, it's the person that you're going to something with the other people you have to take care of while you're on patrol or you know on scene doing something. So, um, I know for a lot of people, this is increasingly becoming a very hot ticket item, wanting the Air Force to do something or the DOD at large. It's not just the Air Force that's suffering from suicides. Right. Um, and in fact, when I when I was working in a joint service environment, there were a lot from other services uh, that unfortunately had to be involved with. But I don't know the solution. I wish I did. I know that caring for people and trying to give people opportunities to to heal and get get um, you know mental health, mental aid. Um, but as far as the solution, I really I really don't know. I think that a lot of those issues would be solved if we had more people at work. Um, and I think those retention issues and, and recruiting issues tie in a lot with that because mm-hmm. the whole do, doing more with less you know thing is is uh, a lot of people are getting tired of it, but. Yeah, I wish I wish I had the solution. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. When I asked you what you cared about most, um, I didn't expect that answer. Not because that, I didn't think that's what you cared about, but um, you know, I was thinking that I was going to get a more tactical, you know, lethality readiness answer, and that's where you went. And I like that. Um, so respect for sure. <laughs> no, you, you, you thought it, it. you thought it was going to be mental health or suicide was going to be my number one. No, no, no. I oh, didn't okay. think you would say that. And what I'm oh. saying is, is that I, I was expecting you to be like, you know what, man, that PT score, that, you know, combat <laughs> readiness or whatever, you know, but, you know, those things are all important too, but you know, that you have to be, you have to be mentally ready. And I was saying that I respect the fact yeah. that you, you included that in your answer. Um, cause well, that, yeah. Well, okay. So I'm going into that a little bit, right? You're talking about one solution. I don't think there is one solution because everybody has different struggles. Um, Yeah. I think the aspect of recruitment and retention and getting more people in the workplace would be ideal. Um, That, that is surely an aspect of it. Another aspect of it is what we did the last, you know, from 2020 to 2022 Mm -hmm. or 23, whatever it was, right. What they're trying to do again. Um, Mm -hmm. that's an aspect of it. Um, I also think it's an aspect of not having a, I'll just say a purpose. I was going to say like Afghanistan, like we had, we had, that is what we did, you know, Mm -hmm. for GWAT or whatever. Like we knew it, we'd deploy, we'd come Mm -hmm. back home, rest, refit, train, 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 deploy, like Mm -hmm. it, like clockwork. And it gave us purpose. Because mm-hmm. we knew what we were going down there to do is right just now, maybe not from a U.S. policy, strategic, like whatever. That's not for for me to like dive in on on there. But like we had, we knew what we were doing, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was doing what is right by the dude next to me, not not whatever policy or ROEs or rules of engagement were were there. So mm-hmm. I think purpose. So when we start talking about like, hey, how do we solve this? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, if it was a, an easy problem, it would have been solved a long time ago. You're right. And there's a lot of different um, methods to it. You know, some people are Medicaid. Some people are um, 
you know, breathing techniques, some, mm -hmm. some is meditation, some is, um, PT, like, you know, and, and, and I, I'm saying all this fully acknowledging, like we just, we just talked to security halt yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, Denny, I wouldn't even pretend to say his name cause I'll just fuck it up. Um, <laughs> Denny from security Fair halt, enough. we talked to Eric Cusson from same here global, mm -hmm. which is mental health. We've talked to, um, Rachel Waters. We've talked like we've talked to a lot of people about mental health, and mm -hmm. I I don't. I, I'm a, Aaron's gonna listen to this and go like, dude, you're a fucking liar. Um, <laughs> but I don't struggle with mental health issues like mm -hmm. other people do. So it seems right. Okay. And and like I don't I don't struggle with depression. I don't. Mm -hmm. I've got like no anxiety. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm so fortunate. Right. So I don't necessarily know that it's something that I'm doing right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm vi just lucky. That's all. That's all it is. Um, so I am trying to change myself to be more empathetic mm -hmm. and understanding when it comes to depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. That doesn't mean that I'm cold or callous to it. I, like, sure. I, in, in fact, I'm probably more, um, because I'm, I want to understand it and I want to prevent it. But man, I don't know what the fucking answer is, dude. And yeah. I, I just, I know that when I have purpose and I have, it's almost like bumpers get put up. Mm -hmm. And I, cause I have purpose that I am driving towards and everything else is just noise. I don't even yeah. pay attention to it. And I, from me, mm -hmm. that and like, um, fitness, mm -hmm. I think is, what keeps me right. Yeah. Fitness I don't know that that's thing. the case for everybody. Yeah. No, I, I mean, for me, I, I used to lift weights a lot and I stopped doing that. Um, I got just, you know, kind of not the feeling I thought I would get from it. So I started running a lot more. And that is kind of where I realized like, this is actually clearing my head in a way I thought lifting would. And as I've gotten to the point where I can run longer distances, it actually makes a way bigger difference than just running a mile or two and go out yep. through six miles is so much different. Yeah. And, um, but I agree with you. I think the fitness is, is a big aspect of that too, but the purpose piece has always been a frustrating part to me. Um, for the past, especially being where I'm at, where I'm stationed, um, security forces is doing a really good job at kind of self-destructing when it comes to what makes us who we are. And I think that security forces has always kind of struggled with, are we going to be law enforcement or are we going to be everybody's ground defense? And then trying to mesh those two together. Not a lot of those things jive. There's aspects that do right when it comes to like shooting and efficiency and, you know, being fit to do the job, all those things, they, they exist on both sides of the house. Um, but one of the things that I see go away so often is it, Hey, it's okay to not do that. It's okay to not do, to do what you're supposed to do. And, oh, well, you know, and I'm going to probably sound like an old guy when I say this, but very, very it bothers me very much that security forces is moving, trying to move away from the beret. And I think that, and it's not the same as earning, you know, one, when, when like a, you know, the Scarlet Beret or the, you know, Maroon Beret or whatever, but, you know, it's still something we had to earn and it makes us different than the rest of the air force. And when I hear senior NCOs and O's say, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, and telling airmen, it doesn't matter. 
you know, it, and it's just like, man, I matters to me, you know, and just these are things that erode our identity and identity and purpose go hand in hand. And I think that causes a lot of nihilism in our career field, because I can only speak for what security forces does and says, right. And what my experience in that area is. And that to me is like one of the biggest killers of motivation and purpose is feeling like, Oh, I'm not important. Nothing I do matters. And, you know, I'm just this guy that's ignored out here at this, you know, close bound century site way the hell out here or the gate or whatever. And I hate that because I didn't come up like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has to do with finding that purpose inside yourself. Somebody doesn't need to validate, you know, that purpose. Um, but the Air Force has a lot of really amazing things that they do in the military in general to to look at and attribute purpose to. And I don't know, I think uh, I like to say nihilism has a lot to do with that personally. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I should have been taking notes. <laughs> uh, uh, my bad. That ain't good. Um, I didn't I wasn't tracking that they were looking to take your beret away. Mm hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's like an option right now, either the soft, like soft cap, like, you know, the, the operator had everybody like to says, say, or you can wear your beret. Some places well, it's either or for the entire squad. Yeah. Well, let's be real. The, the, the beret is, eh, it is Superior. not functional, whatever. Like it, oh. it is not functional. It is not, it's not functional. like, like, you know, it, it, it's tough. I've mastered the, the one handed beret mm -hmm. wear. Yeah. Like, you know, one beret, one Can't hand, I've, I've yeah. got it. Good for but, you. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't do it a long time, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but it's not functional. Still gets sun in my eyes. Doesn't keep me warm. That's you know? true. But uh, Ivan Ruiz, the, the Air Force Cross PJ, mm -hmm. said to me, uh, we were just talking about something very similar to this. He goes, if it's important to the airmen, it's important to me. And so I like, I believe that, like, if that's something that is important to everybody, then as ridiculous I'm, as I may think it is, right. Whether it's, mm -hmm. we're called troops or flights or teams, or if they're colored teams, or if they're numbered teams, or if they're numbered flights, like whatever, like, I don't care. I really mm -hmm. don't. But if it's important to everybody else, then I need to at least take acknowledge that and take a, a good look at it and right. see if there's something there and try and appease everybody. Right. Um, not everybody has that, you know, but it, at the same time, it kind of gives people that purpose, that, that identity. Um, mm -hmm. And that's not to say that you should identify as security forces for the rest of your life and you hang your hat, Oh yeah, definitely. you not. know, the tattoos, freaking, you know, all over yourself about, about defensive like, force. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just going around the collar. That's right. Yeah. But, you Tough. know, but you know, in your air force, that's that's it's your crew, mm -hmm. it's who you're identifying as. That's what right. it's what you do. It's what some of us have given our lives for. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's some validity to that. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, you said I, I'm at the end that I wanted to hit, but I, I knew I knew that it would fleet away. No, you're good. I'm the same way. Somebody just I can start rambling, and then when I'm listening to somebody else ramble, I'm like, oh, I want to say something, but I don't want to interrupt them. Yeah, and then it leaves my brain. No, see, so like, obviously, when you're deployed, you don't wear your beret, beret at all. And obviously, we deploy to a lot of really bright places with a lot of sunshine. So having a hat like this, right, is really functional. And, you know, I've been uh, posted plenty of places where it's like, you know, you can wear that soft cover. Or if you're doing some sort of manual labor, you're not supposed to wear your beret anyway. Um, but 
I think that the identity piece is what mm-hmm. means something to me personally, just, you know, what, yeah. you know, what Brandon Gresham feels. And, um, you know, I don't want to see it go away. Um, but personally, you know, I, th- it does, it's a lot more, if you, if you're standing at a gate and you need to look off into the distance, having a brim is going to do you a lot more for your eyesight, but the sun in your eyes or whatever, than a beret certainly is going, going to do. So yeah. I see both sides of the coin. You're not wrong for sure. But I mean, this is my, my old crusty ass, not wanting to well, see it go away. Yeah. You know, That's funny that you're saying you're crusty ass and, and <laughs> here you are, yeah. uh, almost um, out and I'm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, but like for you though. Yeah. It, well, thank you. But mm-hmm. it goes back to that kind of training and readiness too, mm-hmm. right? If if it has to be it need it needs to peak my radar and put a mm-hmm. halt or at least affect training, readiness, recruitment, retention mm-hmm. or those mental health things. Like if it doesn't hit those kind of like three buckets. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. You know, and, and it's Again, going right back to the very beginning about being critical of, uh, you know, DOD leadership, mm-hmm. it's like decisions that are made, you know, how does that, how does that make us more lethal? How does that make us, you know, help us oh, be yeah. whatever country that we're, you know, competing against? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, dude, I heard people bitching and complaining about the going right back to the women's hair mm-hmm. thing. You know, how does that make us lethal? Listen. If they can go day to day without headaches or losing their hair or, or wasting time worrying about it being a button pulled back, mm-hmm. if I can trim off some time there to allow them to focus on something else, like, yeah. let's do that. If yeah. that helps their morale that little bit, mm-hmm. let's do that. If it, if fuck man, if it makes sense, let's just do that. Dude, like like I, get away from the, well, that's the what, fucking way we've always done it. Bullshit. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, fucking, that's you can wrong. change. Yep, I hate that answer. The way we've always done it, it's just that's that's the lazy answer to me. I hate that people. I get that so often. And one of the things I was gonna say, I remembered, I remembered when you were talking about beards. You said you like beards. I got to go to the NATO Academy in Germany, and it was with all these other countries. And uh, obviously, you got the Canadians and the, the Brits, and they could all grow beards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I got to do a lot of stuff just by pure chance with the Norwegian Rangers and these guys were these that literally look like Vikings, you know? And I was like, dude, I don't want to fuck with these guys at all. Like just looking at them, like I'm just going to get my head cut off and then my skull's going to get turned into a cup. Like that's how they look, you know? Yeah. And so it's just, you know, I was going to say the beard thing I'm all for the, the whole like face mask or gas mask thing. Like that's, that's if I need to be in an environment where I have to wear a gas mask, then I'll shave. Otherwise yeah. I'm here at Travis Air Force Base, you know, whatever. Anyway. Yep. But no, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. It's just yeah. like, I think that, uh, I think that steroids should be allowed or maybe not yeah. steroids, but like HGH or mm-hmm. stem cells, like yeah, they should be allowed. Stem cell thing. Yes. Like, why? Why right. wouldn't, you know, if, if I'm going to say soft dudes, right? If mm-hmm. if you said soft dudes only, okay, cool. I can get on board with that. Cause why wouldn't mm-hmm. you want to, the amount of money and resources that are put into training us, why wouldn't you want our longevity? Why wouldn't you want us to be the biggest, strongest, fastest dudes out there doing stuff, you know? But, and, and I don't mean like, Hey, give me a whole bunch of D ball for me to administer on my own. What I mean is, Hey, I have to go to a doctor and I have to get prescribed and I'm Mm -hmm. getting more labs done. So it is obvious if I am monitored. Yeah. 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 
you know, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be, if you want it, great. If you don't, cool. Yeah. I almost think that we have like a morality issue with stuff like that, which I think is dumb because there are plenty of other countries out there, Russia or China or whatever, I'm sure would have no moral qualms with giving their guys steroids and uh, you know stem cells and all that stuff to Dude, we, make them we, go faster, we called, stronger, harder. We called baseball players to Congress for, for steroid hearings? Uh, yeah. What like Jose what? Canseco, right? Wasn't he well, one? Of them? Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Mark Sammy McGuire. Sosa. Mm-hmm. Like, that's ridiculous. What are we doing? Why? It's America's pastime, though, Peaches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I remember seeing that video of. Uh, yeah. 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 No doubt. I was going to ask you, you kind of were bringing up, you know, DOD leadership being critical. What I, I want to hear from you guys. I know you guys talked about it. Um, I haven't had the chance to listen, but, but the whole dive course thing, what's going on with that? Like, where's the thought process at? Like that going away. So I don't actually know where, where the thought process is coming from. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm open to hear it. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not just a, an automatic, like, yeah, that's, that's fucking dumb or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, I'm okay. Well, like, let's hear it. And and what is it? If Mm -hmm. I had to guess, I'm thinking that it is resources like funding, Mm -hmm. which if it is, I'd have to see the numbers because I don't agree with that. Um, because it is relatively inexpensive to keep a dive dive program. Every base it's, is a pool. It, it is expensive to start one up, but mm-hmm. we already have one going. So right. it's it's just maintaining. So I I would have to see the numbers, but I have a hard time believing it's it's money. So it's gotta be something else. Makes sense. How do you feel like if that goes away that legitimately affects your guys' capabilities and readiness? Um Maybe not combat readiness. I mean, there there just hasn't been that many uh, combat dives. In fact, it's I don't know what the numbers are, but mm-hmm. I know I know because I have been on some of them um, in terms of you know body and equipment recovery. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually stateside or in a maybe not stateside, but because we dove in England too uh, okay. to recover bodies. But um, right. it's more in a a permissive environment mm-hmm. that we would do that. So, you know, there was, I know, I remember in Milton Hall, there was a winter time and airman, he, he, um, he was hiking or not hiking. He was walking back from the pub through the farm fields, through the, the green lanes, which are what they're called when, and they're, they're public, they're owned by the people, but they have to be there so that people can transit through and all that kind of stuff. And, and there's streams and rivers and stuff like that. And they expected him they, he went missing and they thought that he kind of fell in there and froze and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we, we dove up and down that river searching for him and it ended up, they find found him in a, a field. Like he was just high corn or whatever it was and they couldn't Got see him. Lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he I froze to death. That. This is like red, red barn or red lodge or something out yeah, that red way. Lodge. Yep. I think I remember that. That was, yeah. Yeah. That sucks, man. He got lost in the corn, could find it, like just died of the elements. That's pretty terrible. Yeah, yeah. It was wintertime. He just froze to death. Fuck. Yeah. Damn, man. That's, that's pretty sad. But but like that happened um, yeah. a couple times, you know? So right. and it's, th- it's things like that is primarily what we would use dive for. Yeah, okay. We still maintain the combat capability mm-hmm. of it, you know, so yeah. that we can attach the seals or the Norwegian Jaegers or something like that and do yeah. that kind of stuff. But, um, Really, it's it's probably more of a, a peacetime kind of situation. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
what do you do to mitigate stress, whether it's in your personal life? I know you said now you've said you already, you know, you don't have a lot of anxiety, but when you're in those those super stressful circumstances that you you know you guys can get yourselves into, where do you go like internally to kind of clear your mind, um, get focused? Like in the moment? In the moment. Um it's kind of just like yeah. just breathe I say breath work. It's not breath work. It's it's mm-hmm. literally just a okay, real quick, let me shut up on the microphone, let me stop shooting or whatever it is if, right. if I can stop shooting. Right. Kind of like assess situation. Okay, now I've got to hold on it, you know, whatever it is. If it's a troops in contact, if it's, you know, a car accident or something like that, it's the same kind of thing. Like you can pause. You don't have to, I mean, yeah, usually you want to dive right in, but you can take a, a half second. That's all it really takes and just kind of assess situation. Okay. Let me go in here, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, it's Vegas. There's, there's a lot of flash floods, especially right now we're in the Vegas has got what's called a monsoon season, which is that seems, funny to even say, but it does. Like, no kidding. There has been, if it's all over Instagram, um, mm-hmm. all the flooding, that has been happening. And, um, I mean, dude, there was last time I was stationed here, there were two airmen. Um, so Creech, are you familiar with Nellis and Creech? I've actually never been to either of them. Okay. So for, for those that aren't out there, like, um, you have Nellis that is in the, the kind of Northeast Las Vegas and then Creech is actually outside of Vegas Mm -hmm. up kind of in, it, it is higher elevation, but going along that road, 95, is uh, two or three lanes on each side, right? But then there's this this massive just kind of ditch, like median, but it's, you know, um, U-shaped to funnel water. Well, there was an elderly couple that had gotten, I don't know if they tried to beat it or whatever. They ended up in there mm-hmm. and getting pushed. Mm-hmm. And it's just these two elderly folks and two airmen stopped, saw it happening and just went right in. And I them. mean- it was amazing, like good on. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That may be one of those times where it's like you either dive in and do it, but but you really are taking a risk, or yeah. you t- you pause for a second, and go like, let me look now. What's downstream? What's upstream? What's going to hit? Because there was another. I think there was another car. I, I don't want to mistell the story and then completely yeah, out, yeah. The, out the lunch on it. But I want to say it was it was either like some rocks or like a mudslide coming. Oh, damn. They, they got him out, but it was like, dude, you wow. guys rocked it. Absolutely. I hope they got recognized it. for that. I think they did. I think they ended up getting airman medals on okay. Nellis or on Creech or something like that. But it was, mm-hmm. it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. They get a step promotion on stage too, or <laughs> that, that, <laughs> no, that would have been awesome. That's what they yeah. should have. Right. They should have. You can think of somebody else who got one of those. Yeah. Who's this, that? What's, what's his name from the uh, Paris train thing? Spencer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He almost got a, a like a double step from um because he had a I want to say he had a line number for staff mm-hmm. on stage. Yeah. yeah, and then they were like, "Hey, you're now going to be like," and I think that if I remember right, I think that caused some controversy because people are like, well, f-, "You know, right?" Like, I think I remember just, that too. Like, yeah. we just yeah, let's just do this and, and move on, right? Yeah, now that. Yeah. that I know that he ended up getting like an, an ARI or something like that after that too. And everyone yeah, was super he, he got some trouble later on. The yeah. funny thing about it is that mm-hmm. um, I was at AFA, the Air mm-hmm. Force, whatever, association symposium mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And uh, 
and he was that was during that time and he was going around they were taking him on the on the the hero oh, train right right well me and don stevens so don stevens is a uh he was a retired controller like big silverback gorilla <laughs> silverback gorilla slash surfer dude right okay. great guy right i've seen it and head. yeah and we're kind of, you know because he's being he's being walked around by general welsh and right. you know he you know and so general welsh is kind of doing his thing talking to people and don we're just it's me don and uh what's his name spencer i think spencer yeah okay. i think and and don goes to him he's like hey yeah man you did some um did some good work over there that's that's great don't let that shit go to your head you didn't really <laughs> fucking do anything he goes you oh. fucking did exactly what you're supposed to do you should yeah. have fucking jumped on that so don't let right. this shit go to your head Dang. And i was like hell yeah okay. dude and and he and, and to his credit uh, spencer's credit he was like yeah i'm not i'm not and i like i fully acknowledge that good for like, him so he so he took it but i was like <laughs> because you imagine you're a senior airman at the right. time you right. know and, oh, and yeah. you're just getting i mean all this press and getting shown around you could yeah. easily i mean anybody at any rank could easily let that go to your head for sure and so. think of all the other people on that train that didn't do shit you know what i mean you know so but yeah i want did general welsh hear him say that to him no no no, no. oh okay i was gonna say no. i would love to know how that went <laughs> but general general but, welsh was, was a pretty cool dude so he mm -hmm. probably would have been like yeah 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 all right man, don yeah, yeah. I, step, I step promoted you but you yeah. better not you know yeah, yeah. let that shit go to your head <laughs> exactly oh uh, man i could just see that i'm just you probably get kind of pissed but also be like yeah exactly <laughs> so have you have you done like anything in the training environment with the pipeline like are you, as an instructor in the past no no um the only thing pipeline related training wise i've done is a podcast really um okay. i've gone there whenever i'm in town i i always try and make a point of just unannounced stopping in um mm -hmm. i've spoken to the the candidates a couple times whenever i right. happen to be in town but um that's it all of my instructor time has been at the unit you know doing ojt or at the weapon school being instructor gotcha. at the weapon school so gosh gotcha. how do you like being an instructor at the weapon school this gotta be pretty cool it's awesome, man. You get to work with the, you know, the best pilots, best Intel, cyberspace, um, you know, helicopter, uh, special missions aviator, like mm -hmm. JTACs, you know, right. TACPs, controllers. You get to work with the best. Um, and it's pretty awesome because everybody wants to get after it. Everybody's there. You know, we started talking about purpose. Everybody's there for a mm -hmm. common mission. And we all, with the amount of, of Intel briefs that we get and the, the, the levels of classification, that we get and you know the real threat and you're like oh dude we are so far behind or at least we feel it right you know we're mm -hmm. like we know that the the consequences are dire and it's like all right we got to get after this mm -hmm. and that's that is why like training is a big priority for me like mm -hmm. if if something admin wise or something silly is stopping training like yeah. dude oh, yeah. we we either got to scoff whatever that is that is stopping us from training, which is not the not the correct answer and mm -hmm. not something that should be promoted probably. But yeah. like, dude, well, let's the, the the thing that bugs me is when people are so sprung spring loaded to say no. It's like, mm -hmm. no, you should if you have to start with no, you have no but. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we get to yes? Right. 
and it's not like, oh, this form wasn't filled out or you didn't do this. Or it's like, dude, we got to get after it. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. And I got it. Sometimes, you know, you can't like you can't do that in the maintenance world. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want people to do that in the maintenance world because those jets are so complicated oh, that one one thing that goes wrong, like shout out to my the maintainers, dude, mm-hmm. they bust oh, yeah. their ass. And they are so smart when it comes to what they're doing on those jets. And if they didn't, you know, General Goodman, who's the 57th wing commander, Mm -hmm. he he always says that there's like 16,000 miracles that have to happen just to get one jet airborne. And which is probably pretty accurate because some of these jets are flying just Teslas. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the people that I'm pretty good friends with, he does a lot with the 35. And listening mm-hmm. to him talk about the 35 is like, dude, it's just a flying computer. You know what that I mean? That thing is incredible. Yeah. It that gets thing such is, a bad it, rap, too. I, I know. And, and like, so did everything the first couple, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you got to work out some of the issues, right? Yeah. But so that you don't thing, go by the first of anything, yeah. right? <laughs> but it, oh, yeah. like, it's incredible. Yeah. I, and, and, and to be clear, it mm-hmm. is not it. Now, this is where I could start to get myself into some trouble. Um, okay. When we start talking about A-10s, ver- you know, like. It has, yeah. Because yeah. isn't the 35 supposed to replace the 10? It's not, no, it's not going to replace it, but they're, okay. they want it. They, 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 they're saying that other platforms can do it, mm. which they can in some regards, but not in the regards that they can do it. There's not a single bird out there that can has the turning radius, has mm-hmm. the low and slow speed, has the ability to carry the amount that they can carry. Like, right. you're just lying if you say that it can do all those things. Now, right. the the F-16 being, you know, the blue collar oh, yeah. worker, mm-hmm. I mean, between like in the fighter world, the F-16 mm-hmm. is the C-130. Okay. It is the blue collar fighter of uh, of Good the analogy. Air Force. Like, I mean, it really is, and it's mm-hmm. not mine. It's the the commandant of the weapon school because uh, he's a he was a Viper guy. He's okay. the one that said that, and I heard him say that. I'm like, that makes wow, sense. When you look at all the mission essential task lists that an F sixteen mm-hmm. has compared to the others, and and the A ten, like mm-hmm. you got A ten and F sixteen, yeah, and then all the others, right? And right. and it's an incredible bird, especially so. You know, there are planes, you know, the F-15E can kind of put a Band-Aid on it. Same with the F-16. So hopefully with all of those, maybe we can replace the A-10, that capability. Um, Probably not, you know, but there's some kind of stopgap. Right. Is there some kind of plan out there to have an upgraded, you know, modern A-10? I mean, there's plans for it. There's just not funding or resources for it. Right. Because gotcha. that that thing could still fly for a long more a long time. Mm-hmm. We would just need engine upgrades and kind of computer computer upgrades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's a very it's very capable even now. Yeah, yeah. What would you say has been the most difficult thing you've had to overcome in your career? It doesn't have to be some you know an experience you've had in combat either. It can be anything that you persevered and maybe you learned something and took something from. Oh man. Well, what, dude, that's tough. And the reason why is because, you know, I, I told you I came in when I was 17, mm-hmm. the pipeline was the hardest thing for me then. Right. Right. 
17 year old, 18 year old homesick, mm. like calling my parents all the time before cell phones or before, or maybe not before cell phones, but before they were so common, you know, we right. were still paying going phones. to the phone bank. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think if I were to go through the pipeline now, if I was in that kind of shape now, mm-hmm. right. Mentally, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, cool. We can do this all day long. Right. Mentally, physically, obviously I'd have to be there. So you pluck my brain out and put it in this, there you, go. <laughs> you know, 17, 18 year old, uh, peach, but, um, man, I would say the most difficult thing is probably, um, notification next of kin notification. Um, and for, for listeners out there that don't know what that is, whenever somebody's killed in training or combat or, you know, car crash or whatever, um, spe- special tactics, which is what, you know, I, you know, uh, air force special warfare, we try and make a conscious effort of beating the air force to notification. So we have, okay, you know, we have details on, you know, where your where your you know, um, family lives like address phone numbers. Um, if you're not married or, or even if you are married, you know, the parents of that member, you know, right. we know where they, we, we know where they live, um, because you, you're going to tell us and, right. um, yeah, yeah. and what'll happen is, so the air force does notification by, Oh, we just got notified that somebody's uh, passed away. Mm-hmm. We are going to get the chat base chaplain. We're going to get the notification team from that closest base to then mm-hmm. go out there and notify. Well, as soon as we know, we are identifying, okay, the commander's going, so-and-so, you know, the, the senior list is going, and we're going to take, you know, a chaplain. We're going to take uh, part of the, the preservation of the force and the family, the POTIF, support team like we're we're going ham we're going all in mm-hmm. and we go and do notification if we got to do split you know like maybe maybe the 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 person isn't married but they have a mom and dad but they're divorced so they're completely separated so we'll send two separate teams gotcha um to go out and uh and so we try and beat the air force because we want the first people they see notifying them to be somebody from our tribe right rather than just somebody who didn't know them. That right there is the toughest thing that you can possibly, well, for me anyway, that yeah. you can do. Um, Cause you never know what you're walking into, mm-hmm. right? You don't know if somebody's going to um, freak out mm-hmm. rightfully. So you don't know if somebody's just going to be kind of like, okay, yeah, come on in. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't, Sometimes you're staking out the house because you find out like, okay, well, they're working the night shift or we don't want to, we mm-hmm. we're going to stake out the house because we, we landed at, you know, four in the morning and we drove it till, you know, two hours to get there. Yeah. We don't want to six in the morning freaking. Right. Right. Yeah. So we, we, up. we wait, you know, till a decent time kind of see, and then it's like, okay, cool. Oh man, they've got kids that are probably going to be going to school. That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll have somebody to handle the kids, take care of the kids. You know, it's, it's a extremely difficult and sensitive situation that you have to get it right. You don't get a second chance. You have to get it right the first time. And it's, it's tough. Sounds like you guys put a lot of care into that. And that is extremely commendable. You guys looking at all those other factors and 
it's not an easy thing to do, but trying to do it the best way you can, you know, mm-hmm. that's uh, hats off to you guys for doing that. I've, I've not had to make an official notification like that. Um, I've had to, I did tell somebody that their child died in a car accident. Um, and that's not the same, but it, it is, I guess, in a little, a little bit telling somebody their, their child is dead, I guess. But, oh man, dude. Um, it, I'll never forget that experience for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. No, you won't. Yeah. You won't. That no, will, I, that will stick with it, you and, and you will wake up. It probably has already happened. You will wake up at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night or something like that. And just randomly that thought will pop in your head and then you will not get back to sleep. I, my wife can attest to it. I've woken her up just to say, I need to talk about this because it, it is, it is, it's, it sucks, man. You know, I mm-hmm. can't lie to you. There's been security forces. If it's so random, what your career can look like as a cop, you know, you could spend your whole 20 years doing missile security, you know, or you could end up being somebody who ended up doing a lot of law enforcement. And so, um, not everybody has these experiences, but you know, I've I've had the opportunity to do a lot of these things law enforcement wise. I was at Bogaway um, Air Base. I'm not sure if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that, and that's a very up tempo mission. And you know, this some of the brotherhoods that I've made with people there through some of those shared experiences is I'm really glad to have known those people and to know those people and to have them to lean on because those are definitely at the time I didn't even think you realize just how stressful it is to you, but after the fact it becomes a lot of stress that you didn't realize was there. And I'm sure, you know, that experience for you, those, those notifications are things that they, they come up over and over and over again, even when you're not thinking about it. So. Yeah. Kids, kids are what I think makes it worse. Um, whether it's the notification or yeah. having dead kids, um, you know, in yeah. your hands or, um, man, kids are, yep. They're rough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, nope. I, I have a couple of kids and yeah, not something you ever want to think about. So no, no um, not at all. No, but earlier we can uh, move on to more happy <laughs> subjects. Uh, you said you like movies. What do you like to watch? Uh, action flicks and yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. I, I, okay. At the same time, like my favorite movie is Interstellar. Oh man, that is such a good it, movie. You got to listen to Donald Hoffman talk. Yeah. That dude is talking about some serious physics. I'm like, you are a genius. <laughs> and I'm just I'm learning over here. But yeah, no, that's a great movie. Dude, it's phenomenal and it gets me every time. Like that's one of those, you know, we talked about I, I can't remember if it was before the podcast or or when we hit the the record button, but yeah, you yeah. know, um it's rare that I will sit down for a movie. Like if there's a movie on, like it, it mm-hmm. will catch my attention, you know, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. but, you know, but if Interstellar's on, mm-hmm. whether it's at the beginning or the end or midway, I, I'm in. It's Gotta like, stop and watch. Oh, shit, shit. All right. Well, there goes here we the are. afternoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, and I own it. Mm-hmm. I can, I can watch it anytime. Yeah. But that is, and, and what still gets me and going, tying it back to the kids mm-hmm. is the, the part where, he comes back after being on that the water planet and mm-hmm. having wasted oh my god x amount of years and then you know he's yeah he's got his son he's got uh, Casey Affleck going on there mm-hmm. and talking stuff right mm-hmm. but then his daughter comes on and i'm just yeah. like oh or or when he's driving um to go you know leave leave the planet yeah and it's just like and he looks at the the wheel well where his daughter had mm-hmm. hidden 
Yeah. You're like, God, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I know that you're doing it for the greater good, but. So I know. And then watching that scene, like him watching it from the other dimension, you know? Yeah. And that, so that scene where he's watching all of those like video letters or whatever coming to him. But at the end, when he is there at her deathbed, Mm -hmm. how old she is, that part always gets me because like, you know, you know, you're eventually your, your children are hopefully going to die old and, you know, of natural causes. Right. But you're not going to be there. You know, and so mm. it's just like that has to be would have had to be so surreal. Obviously, we're talking about a fictional movie, but like so surreal to be there with your child's deathbed and they're older than you. I couldn't even just that how difficult that I remember, you know, I still do. Right. I'm not going to I'll be 100 percent honest. That, that scene gets me choked up because oh, it's yeah. like, damn, that's so sad. And he just he goes and he carries on. You know what I mean? Like Aaron likes to say, he says, we continue all the time. I don't know if he says that to you guys, but yeah. Um, it's it's true that he just goes and does it again. But like, I couldn't even imagine And she tells him to go, you know, mm-hmm. and the rest of her family, that would be, I couldn't even imagine my, with my little girl, like yeah. what that would be like. It's even yeah, now. There's a lot like, of dimensions. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of yeah. dimensions to it. Mm-hmm. And it makes it worse too, because my daughter looks like that actor or oh, actress. Really? Yeah, really? She, yeah. And I'm like, Oh gosh, it's like I'm looking like swap. You you can never leave the planet to go figure out how we can go be interstellar. Okay, then you problem solved, right? Don't worry, I'm I'm not that guy. I'm, <laughs> not that guy. I, not I'm that the guy, adventurous no. guy, like I would, right. but yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have the brain for it. Got you. Yeah, no, me neither. I was like, if I had like nothing else going on in my life, would I be that person to go and colonize Mars, knowing I'm never coming back to Earth? Like, part of me is like that'd be kind of cool, but the other part of me is like, man. I don't know if I could do something like that. You know, that's, it's too much. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you talk about the Martian. Well, he had Mm -hmm. to, right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then going back to interstellar, uh, I forget. Matt Damon had a couple of space movies, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Spent a lot of money trying to save his ass. Uh, the one Anne Hathaway, when she Mm -hmm. goes to the other planet, I mean, she's, you know, so there's a lot of, depth and dimensions to that movie but other than that like you know i'm a a lethal weapon die hard oh yeah the original ninja turtles uh beetlejuice um, yes casey jones yeah i mean i love that all all ninja turtles yeah even even the the new um i'll tell you what though those new spider-men the into the Mm -hmm. spider-verse or whatever they're really good they're really good yeah they did a good job with that i agree yeah I just um, watched The Flash last night. That one was actually pretty good too. I, I, heard, you've seen I haven't one. watched it yet, but I, I've I've heard it's good, and like I want to see Oppenheimer and all that kind oh, of yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I just haven't gotten a chance to. Yeah, no. Again, like it's like how how, how do you find time? Like I've got a toddler. Uh, you can't take my my two year old to go see Oppenheimer. You know, not that yeah. I want to. You know, but yeah, yeah. He's not going to sit through a three hour movie. Well, you know. It, people think that there's this secret time management thing, but it's not, it's, it's a, it's an ebb and flow thing. Like mm-hmm. sometimes work just has to surge and it's yeah. just work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it's not, then it goes back to family mm-hmm. where it comes in difficult though, is that like where I find the challenges are with the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's a because it's, cause that's a hobby. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, people think, still work because you hear numbers like what YouTubers make and what, you know, mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Rogan make and all that kind of stuff yeah. and Tim Dillon and all that. And you're like, yeah, well, yeah, of course you're getting paid. Like, no, dude. No. Yeah. I don't think you realize how difficult it is 
right. to get at that level. That's why you yeah. can name like all the top 10. It's true. Exactly. Right I will hand. never like, be Joe Rogan. You know what no. I mean? Like, let me show you my Spotify for podcasters account and how it's empty. You know, yeah. <laughs> let me like, just show you. you. Know, yeah. Like, you know, so, um, so yeah, it's a hobby. Would I love for it mm-hmm. to make money? Sure. Yeah. I, of course I would. Passive because income. I, yeah. But it's a hobby. So trying to balance that mm-hmm. with work and family when family always takes priority, almost yeah. always, mm-hmm. not always, but you know, cause obviously yeah, perfect world you know, I'm, I'm here doing this. Right. Yeah. And, and yesterday I was recording a podcast yesterday, you know, yeah. so it's not always, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah, no, it is. It really is. And uh, when I, I, even when I started doing this, I was like, Oh yeah, that won't be that difficult. I, you know, I'll do this, that. And then unless like, I start going, I'm like, shit, that took me 45 minutes to do that. And I have still have to do this, you know? Yeah. And then, all the woes of recording until somebody was like, Hey dummy, you ever heard of Riverside? And I was like, this is not a plug for Riverside, by the way, you know, <laughs> officially, but I was just like, you know, I'm learning, I'm getting better. But if you, you know want to I mean? sponsor us, I mean, exactly. That's- <laughs> yeah. Come on. Both of us, we use your platform. Come on over. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it for 10 minutes. Each episode promise. Yeah. Exactly. Pay us well enough. Yeah. So, but yeah, man, no, it is, this is a lot of work being here. You know, I was, you know, hanging with the family today, you know, my, I'll have to go find out what my wife's doing when I get out of here and want to spend time with her too. And, you know, putting posts up and, you know, editing out clips and all that stuff that takes time, it takes yeah. time. And, you know, it, it's time away from your kiddo who's trying to get you to play dinosaurs or whatever, right. Yep. My life, you know, and it's just, I want this to be something. I want me to be something. I want this to be, you know, legacy wise, something for for me and my family. And so I I care and that's why I do it, you know, but I'm sure you have a lot of the same motivations. For sure. But I mean, since we're at that point, like, thank you to our families that are out there. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to do this because yes, (laughs) it is a hobby. It is a hobby. And we know it takes, it takes time away from all of you, time and effort. And so we definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so I know you, you got a little bit of time left here, but what, what's the next move for you? You're, you're, um, coming up on, on getting out or are you? No, I am. I'm, I'm two, two years out. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. Like we, we talk about this, right? Mm -hmm. Like that would be the dream is to be able to get, make this monetize this and actually make a living off of it. But right how rare is that? Like, maybe it's not as rare as I think, but it sure seems like it. Yeah. You know, could pop, you know, you never know. This could be the episode for both of us, you know? Yeah. (laughs) We never know. Yeah. Wishful thinking. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I doubt it, but yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah. I I don't know though. Um, Hmm. I'm working with the special operations transition foundation. Um, to you, which has got a bunch of great people that work there that help us try and figure out what we want to do, what we don't want to do mm-hmm. and set us on the right path. So, yeah. um, so really two plugs there is special operations transition fund or SOTF, SOTF.org mm-hmm. for like kind of transitions. And then, um, the project one veteran at a time or POVAT, what I don't remember if it's .com or .org, but they are okay. also a, a charitable folks that will help us navigate. Because if anybody's out there that hasn't navigated the, the VA mm-hmm. uh, medical system and disability system and, and all that kind of stuff, like it is, it is extremely difficult. And, yes. and 
convoluted and confusing. You're probably going through it right now or have I, been. I have been. Yep. Yeah. And these folks will help walk you through that. That's amazing. Um, so, and, and Aaron's doing both of those. Trent, I think is doing both of those. I'm doing both of those. Um, and, and it's all partly because it's all of our friends too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they have a track record that shows, uh, great results. So yeah. it, and it's a, it's a different thing. You know, when you've been doing this for 24 years, I will soon, by that time I'll have done 26 years, you know, you've put in, I, you didn't tell me how long you had put in. No, I'm at 14. So you're at 14 years and, I know. and separating, like I am. that's all you've known. And it is my whole life. That's all I've yeah. known. That's true. Cause your dad was active mm-hmm. duty. So yeah. like, you know, yeah, stepping out is, can be a little bit daunting. Mm-hmm. Now I'm excited. It doesn't mean that I've checked out the air force, mm-hmm. but I'm excited about what's next, you yeah. know? Um, because there's so many different options. There's so yeah. many cool things out there that, that can be done that need to be done Yeah, that are, you know, great family life, great locations, great pay, mm-hmm. um, great team that you're going to be working with, or mm-hmm. even if you're solo, you know, great yeah. hours. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy the rest of the time in the air force. I'm going to bust my ass because that's just kind of the way I'm built, you know, mm-hmm. shout out Trent and Aaron, G Jared over here. Yep. So that's just nothing the way wrong I'm with built. That. No, nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah. I thought so, it was for a while. I thought it was derogatory mm-hmm. until, until, uh, I said something to Trent and Aaron. I'm like, Hey, you know, I, I embrace that shit. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah you should like, it's not derogatory. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's right on. That's just the way you are. And I've been that way my entire life. Not, mm-hmm. not even before I came in. Yeah. So, um, it's the way I am. So I'll just keep grinding and grinding and grinding. I'm pretty sure that if if they really wanted to, Trent Nair could like make a pomade deal and they'd be good to go. You know, <laughs> they both got the hair going all the time. It's pretty. Oh good. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, they you know, do. They got it, gray hair. I mean, I don't have bad hair, but like, yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm bald under there. Yeah, but no, not like Zach. He's not here to defend himself, <laughs> so I won't tease him too much. But yeah, he's <laughs> he just takes a razor and just goes back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all like, <laughs> he can just do that. Well, the last question I'll ask you is if you could go back and talk to that 17-year-old Peaches now knowing what you know, what would you tell him, if anything? Piece of advice. Um, Piece of advice. Well, I, w- I don't know that it would be a piece of advice because, I, you know, you could always say, hey, train harder, you know, sure. break up with your girlfriend earlier. <laughs> like, so you can focus on, you know, <laughs> yeah. I would, you know, stay in, stay in more sports in high school okay. versus working, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like all that's kind of normal stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I would say it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really, and again, this is not to say that the Air Force or the DOD is perfect because it is not, it is definitely not. But the amount of things, uh, and I'll break it down in a second, that the Air Force has given me mm-hmm. is is pretty damn incredible. Mm-hmm. The places I've gotten to travel, the people I've gotten to meet, the people that come into my lives, I wouldn't have met my wife, mm-hmm. meaning I wouldn't have my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the the experience that I had in training, in garrison, in combat. It's all because of the Air Force. So I would just say it's worth it all day long. It's worth it. There are going to be times that are difficult. Sure. But, um, man, and the skills that I was, that I've been given, 
right? Yeah. We get asked all the time, like, Hey, what do you, what skills transfer to the, to the outside, you know, as a PJ, you know, the medical stuff, you go be a paramedic or, you, right. you know, sure. Okay. You have those certifications, those skills, but really it's those soft skills. So, mm-hmm. S O F T those right. soft skills that I have learned through my time. That is what I carry forward. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's tough because that's not tangible. And that's why we use, you know, transition companies like Sodif to, to help us out with that because trying to translate that into actual speak is difficult. Yeah. But, um, that's what I would say is that's that worth it's it. worth it. So keep going. I like it. That's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I ask people, I'll ask a lot of people that question. Another one I like to ask is like, you know, who's somebody in your life that's a mountain to you, right? You know, that's somebody that not like difficult to get over, <laughs> but like somebody that you look up to a lot. But, um, and you can answer that one too, if you want, I like to ask you what people have to say, but I like, uh, I've gotten a lot of good answers when it comes to what would you go back and tell, tell your younger self, but that it's worth it is a good thing because it goes back to that purpose thing that you're talking about. You know, you can go and tell yourself that something is going to come out and you're going to come out at the other end, good and better. That's that helps with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, to answer your question though, uh, I would say my dad probably. I like that. And I, I won't even go into details or anything like that. Yeah. Cause then I'll, I'll end up freaking just like, Oh, like I just say my dad, <laughs> your dad, solid. <laughs> My dad's a good dude too. I like my yeah, dad. Yeah, he is a good dude. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, he told me to tell you hi, so I'm telling you hi, and now there's good. proof. So, yeah. <laughs> so can't, can't call me a liar now. Exactly. There it is. I'm covered. I'm covered. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me, man. This was a great conversation, and I enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. Well, uh, hope you have a good night. Yeah, you too, man.